Hey everyone, what's up? And welcome back to the latest Coffee Talk podcast episode. I am Kaylin. I am your host slash internet friend slash sister who comes here every week to talk to you about a wide range of topics. Today we're going to be doing more of a cosmic-y brew and I want to talk about how you can use beginner magic in your everyday life. So yes, today's chat is going to be a little witchier than usual. So if you're not into that stuff, this might not be the chat for you. That said, hear me out because I feel like I have a pretty grounded perspective when it comes to practicing all of the things we're going to talk about today, all of these little magical practices. And I honestly truly feel that behind absolutely everything you do, not just magic per se, or like anything at all, any habit you have, any action you take, it's all about your intention. So making the witchy spin on it, or a lot of these practices have really just turned into different forms of kind of self-care and a way to as crazy as it sounds, stick with me here, to zone in or put framework on something that you're trying to grasp at that's maybe outside of your realm or outside of your reach. Dealing with the deeply spiritual, when you're dealing with your soul, when you're dealing with the subconscious, it can be really hard to feel grounded in those types of explorations. Everything we're gonna talk about today is really just an intentional way to dip into your subconscious and to work with your subconscious, which is a very difficult thing to do, but working with the subconscious and actually making some minor and major tweaks in your subconscious is ultimately going to create a magical change in your life. Ultimately, my goal today is to just share some daily practices or some weekly practices that you can implement into your life that are ultimately gonna elevate your perspective and your energy on a day-to-day basis. And to pitch you some beginner magic that you can incorporate in your day-to-day life that's in a very logical or tangible way. So before we can even jump in today, of course, we need to ask the ultimate question, which is, is magic even real? I'll read you guys the definition from Wikipedia because... I think that it's pretty bang on and I I don't want to take it out of context. So it says magic is the practice of beliefs, rituals, and or actions that are said to manipulate natural or supernatural forces with or without the communication of supernatural beings. Typically it is categorized as independent from both religion and science due to its various beliefs and practices. So kind of hard to pin down exactly what magic is. Individuals who engage in magical practices are referred to as either magicians or witches. Although connotations have varied from positive to negative at times throughout history, magic continues to have an important religious and medicinal role in many cultures today. So I'm going to change the word manipulate and say that it's the practice of your beliefs and rituals in order to cultivate something from the natural, or if you're going to take it to the next level, supernatural world. I think that's where people kind of get iffy and on the line about things like magic and people who identify themselves as either magicians or witches. And what casts people off of that is the idea of the supernatural or, you know, talking to supernatural beings. And that's where I feel like, you know what, to each their own. If nobody's hurting anybody, you can either believe in it or you don't have to. You can go as far and as deep with this as you want, but there are more logical ways that you can use these practices too that can give you more see it to believe it type proof. I feel like people are either all about this stuff, you know, all about the magic, all about the witchy world, or there's that in-between kind of like curious about it, somewhat interested in it, but it's not everything. The indifferent 
slash uninterested, like doesn't feel terrible about it, doesn't hate on it, just doesn't really care. And then there's that final category of people that don't believe in it at all, and that can go to the extent of, you know, belittling others who do believe in it, which I don't really believe in. But again, to each their own. If nobody's hurting anybody and it's working for some people, then hey, who cares, right? I know, I need to get back on topic. Today is not about letting people live their lives, but it should be. It always should be. That's always the lesson. Let people live their lives. Now, my standpoint on it is kind of like what I said at the beginning, that it's all about your intention. I truly don't know or can't say that I fully believe in being able to shift or change supernatural or even natural things. Like I think you can, no, I would say natural. Like I believe in manifestation and things like that in the material world. I'm all about learning about the non-material world though. Like I'm so open to it. I feel like that's gonna be a lifelong journey for me. But I really think it's all about the intention you bring into anything you say, anything you do. I think that you could take magic and call it something totally different, but we would still be talking about the same thing. For instance, if you've ever read the four agreements, he references words and how your words can spew dark magic that your words are powerful, that basically everything is energy and that you work with that energy every single day in different ways and we all label it as something different but it's really kind of all talking about the exact same thing. So that's why I feel like whatever people call it, it doesn't really matter and as long as people's intentions are good with working with these energies, then what does it really matter? YOLO, you know? like to each their own. If somebody has poor intentions while trying to either manifest something or cast a spell or, you know, heaven forbid, but like either hex somebody or like a curse, you know? Those types of things I definitely would, like if we were to put it into colors would be dark magic. I mean, you could label the same thing as like positive magic or negative magic, you know, white magic or dark magic, but it doesn't actually have a color. We're sending out energy all of the time, based on our intentions, every word we say, every action we take, every belief, every thought that we have, which is not to overwhelm you because it's again, your subconscious that's usually doing this, which is why you don't have to worry about controlling these things. But the more you work and the more you get to know, like intimately know your subconscious, the more you can really start to cultivate some serious, cool, and kind of serendipitous in the sense that you almost start to believe in magic, things in your life. Magic has a long history and that's not necessarily what I'm here to talk about today. Otherwise, this chat would get super long. So if you are interested, I highly recommend looking into the history of magic because it's really cool. Or if you want me to do the research and make another chat, just let me know. I love researching this stuff, so I would be very happy to do so. But to conclude whether or not magic is real, I honestly think the fact that we can't say whether or not it's real is what makes it so interesting and so cool. It's not necessarily one of those things that we can prove with 100% accuracy, so you have to put your faith in it. I have seen a lot of powerful manifestations and true like personal shifts happen using a lot of the practices we talk about today. And if we're breaking it down to that your intention can cultivate a certain outcome, then yeah, I would say that I believe magic is real. But if you're using the criteria that otherworldly or supernatural beings or things are putting these things into place or making these things happen, then I think we would be down for another tea and a damn good debate. Either way, there's wisdom here that you can adapt in a way that works for you, and that's the whole point and the funnest part. So let's dive in. Number one, we're gonna talk about chakras. And yes, you might be thinking like, is that magical? But when you start working with your chakras, these are other things that we can't 
technically prove, but you can feel. Chakras are used and tended to and spoken of in many cultures all over the world. The word chakra actually means wheel, and the idea is that you have energy wheels throughout your body. Now, when you think of chakras, most people think of the ultimate seven that go along your spine, which are the ones we're gonna talk about today, but your body actually has over hundreds of chakras. The seven chakras that are the main chakras that we usually focus on along the spine are located in places that either help regulate our hormones, where there's groups of nerves, or where there's very key and vital body parts. We breathe life into these wheels and they cause the flow of energy to go through and in and out of these wheels, kind of balancing every single aspect of not only our bodies, but it connects our mind, body, and the spiritual or the soul. Because our bodies, our minds, and our spirit are so deeply intertwined, having like a physical problem or an ache or a pain can cause your mind or your spirit to take a hit. Or if you're going through something emotionally or you're going through something mentally, then clearly your body or you can find or feel those blockages or imbalances in different chakras. The things that usually cause your chakras to be out of balance or blocked are stress, obviously. I feel like that's the most common one. Having not so great lifestyle habits or going through anything, any kind of traumatic experience or really painful experience can also clearly cause any blockages or imbalances. So the more you get to intimately know your body, the more you get to intimately know your chakras, the more you're going to be able to pinpoint specific imbalances and basically help your body out. The technical terms for when your chakra is blocked or out of balance is to be underactivated or overactivated. The really cool thing about chakras is they all have their own color, their own sound slash frequency or light frequency, which creates the color. And when all of these chakras are in balance, you feel at ease with yourself. You feel at ease with the world. And like everything is in harmony, like you're flowing and you're one with life. Have you ever felt a lump in your throat when you couldn't say something, when you couldn't speak up or say the truth, or maybe something was too emotional or you were afraid? Have you ever had a headache and it's caused you to have some blurry vision? Have you ever had your heart broken and it literally feels like your heart turns heavy? Or falling in love and you feel those butterflies or that fluttery feeling in your tummy? Or like there's all of these feelings that you'll know and you'll start to recognize and you'll start to notice in those wheels of energy. So here are the seven main chakras very briefly in case you just want a screenshot of this information that you can start using right now. The first First is our root chakra and it's at the very bottom of our spine, so our tailbone or the place where your body or your butt kind of connects to the earth, not kind of, quite literally. This chakra controls our instincts and our connection to the earth, our groundedness. When in balance, we feel safe, we feel secure, we almost feel fearless because we know we have a safety net underneath us, but worrying about getting your basic needs met, like a roof over your head or food on your plate, anything to do with your survival, including any kind of financial stress, can cause this chakra to to go out of balance. This chakra's color is red and the sound is Oh, so if you ever want to work a little magic on your root chakra, you could sit there, picture a red light right at the base of your tailbone, and just chant, Oh, wow, that was weird chanting on the internet. Okay, we've done that now. About to do it six more times. Let's go. The second chakra is your sacral chakra. And this is pretty much where your reproductive organs would be. And this controls our creativity and our sexuality. So when this is in balance, we feel like we are just in a state of flow. We're creating, ideas are coming to us and we're just, we're just pumping it out, flowing with ideas and creation. But if you find yourself struggling to enjoy the pleasures of your life, to enjoy the things 
things you usually enjoy, it can cause your sacral chakra to go out of balance and that can cause hip problems, it can cause fertility issues, and so many more things. The color of your sacral chakra is orange and the sound or the chant it admits if you ever wanted to do a meditation on it is ooh. <laughs> I'm not gonna chant that one because it feels kind of weird. The next chakra is your solar plexus. It's right where you feel that sense of power, right where your core power comes from. So this is actually located right around your adrenal glands, which actually help promote healthy regulation of hormones. So this one's really important. I mean, all of them are important, but you know what I mean. This chakra is all about personal power. It's all about your sense of self. It's all about being confident, having willpower and having discipline. When in balance, you feel really confident and decisive and you take action in your life. But becoming consumed by negative thoughts, especially negative self-beliefs and stress can also cause this chakra to go out of balance and cause things like chronic fatigue or feeling like you're up and down on a roller coaster of emotions. The color of your solar plexus is yellow and the sound is ah. Ah, no, we're not doing it. We tried. It's too weird. Your next chakra is your heart chakra and I love the idea or the concept that when it comes to your heart chakra, this is the chakra that's in between the top three and the bottom three. And this is the one that basically regulates the other six. So I love that idea so much because a little off topic, but if we're going to believe that our whole purpose here in this, you know, three dimensional world is we're just experiencing this experience is that we need to lead with our heart or kind of, you know, open up our hearts and lead with love. I love that connection or kind of that symbolism that your heart chakra regulates everything else. So lead with love, open up your heart and kind of like go that way, like follow your heart and everything else will take care of itself or will regulate or fall behind and follow the heart as a leader. Anyway, that's my tangent, but where this one is located is right by your heart and lungs, clearly, but in the center. This chakra is all about love and friendship and family and community and other people, your relationship to other. When it's in balance, you know that you're not alone. You feel connected to other people. You feel connected to a community or a family. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what it feels like to get your heart broken, so I don't need to explain what causes your heart chakra to go out of balance. But this can obviously cause us to feel lonely, sometimes depressed, sometimes needy of love or needy of others' attention if we're desperate or we haven't been getting enough of it. It can leave us feeling abandoned. It can lead us feeling brokenhearted. It can leave you feeling lonely. It can leave you feeling jealous. It can leave you feeling closed off. It can cause you to have poor boundaries with others. So this one is super important to work on. I think it's, this is like the chakra the whole world is really needing right now is that heart chakra. And the color of the chakra is green and the sound is a, which I love so much. Your next chakra is your throat chakra, which we've talked about a few times already, but it's located right around the place of your thyroid. This chakra is all about sharing who you are with the world, sharing your ideas, speaking up. When it's in balance, you're honest and authentic. You speak up for what you believe in and you stand for what you believe to be true. You listen to the truth. So you're not just speaking, you're also hearing. But when it becomes out of balance, we can sometimes fear rejection. We can sometimes suppress our voice, suppress ourselves, suppress what we think, feel, or want to say. We become afraid to speak and sometimes we can even become compassionless. Our throat chakra is blue and the sound is eee, which is so cool because it sounds like a frequency. Your next chakra is your third eye chakra, which is located usually between your eyebrows. It was, it's kind of like if you were to make a triangle with your eyes. And this is all about perception, wisdom, observation, and having like a clear 
a clear perspective on the world. When it's in balance, you can see the world around you, you can comprehend the world around you, you can process that information and see the truth for what it is. When it's out of balance though, it can cause an inability to focus, an inability to calm your thoughts, it can cause you to cut yourself away from the world and isolate, and at its worst when it's out of balance, it can cause things like paranoia and depression. Some more physical symptoms would be having headache, having some vision loss or some hearing loss, and usually things like psychedelic drugs affect this chakra the most and cause it to go out of balance. The color of the chakra is indigo and the sound is mmm. <laughs> and then last but not least is your crown chakra, so this is usually just above your head. This chakra is all about what is outside of ourselves, what is beyond this life, what is in the other world if there is another world. When in balance you feel like you have mystical knowing or perhaps you know a deep sense of understanding of like the source or where you believe we came from and you're deeply connected to your intuition also with your third eye chakra but this one too that said though when the chakra is out of balance we can sometimes assume ourselves to be more powerful than we really are we can become judgmental we can feel isolated and lonely and find ourselves feeling lost or uncertain of the direction we need to head in now I've seen this chakra be identified as different colors I've seen white light gold and purple I really think it's kind of like that iridescent color which is the color of my mug today where it's not really a color it's almost like a frequency and the sound that goes with this chakra is so you can balance your chakras using things like visual meditations which we already sort of talked about by visualizing those colors and chanting the sounds you can also eat different foods that correlate with the different colors you're trying to balance of the different chakras you can take action in ways that help you balance out certain chakras so like I said speaking up to help activate your throat chakra or maybe you can express your love for somebody to activate your heart chakra things like that I can tell when I'm getting a headache or that my eyes are getting blurry that I need to take a break from work like I'm putting too much strain on my mental capacity in order to pull from my brain into work and maybe I need to get down into my root chakra and feel more grounded here on earth and offline breathing techniques you can do that helps burn a fire in that solar plexus that makes you feel like you're generating energy there or creating projects or having babies can help you know activate and work with that sacral chakra there's so many different ways you can do it and so I think this is just a really cool way to again reframe a lot of the things that might feel chaotic or out of balance in our bodies minds or souls and help give a sense of control and power back by using these different techniques to bring our chakras back into balance The next beginner magic you can bring into your everyday life is learning how to decode your dreams. Now every single night you dream usually multiple times and a lot of people don't really remember them. Dreams help us form memories, they help us prepare ourselves for future situations, they help our subconscious organize the information that we take in from the day, and they help us process our emotions and how we're feeling about certain situations in life. It is believed that our dreams are run by our subconscious, which is why you rarely get control over your dream when you're having it, unless you're dipping into lucid dreaming, which is magic for another time. And by decoding your dreams, you can start to understand your subconscious better. There are so many books out there and so many websites you can go to to decode your dreams to decode the different things you see and notice in your dreams but my best suggestion is to create a dream journal start tracking your dreams and notice what those symbolisms and things mean to you so you know if I had a dream let's say that I was at the beach and there was a really big wave coming 
oh my god, okay? That wave, to me, could be that, you know, there's a huge, huge change coming on the horizon and I can see it coming. But to you, it could be that emotional wave of you feel this like suppressed energy that you just need to cry it out and that wave is all your tears coming. So you could look up the symbolism of a wave in a dream and you're gonna get somebody else's interpretation. And yeah, that's a good place to start, but I feel like the more you decode your own dreams, the more you'll deeply understand your own subconscious instead of somebody else's. If you're starting a dream journal, let's say right now, you wanna pull out a piece of paper or pull out a note pad on your phone or whatever and give yourself some beginner themes of dreams then you can definitely use these ones because these are the most common symbols used in dreams but again they can mean different things to you so it's a good place to start but feel free to go deeper with it having dreams about babies okay i've been having so many dreams about babies lately and i'm sure part of that is probably just the logical information of hanging out with my baby niece a lot lately but this can also be your body's urge your biological urge to create to procreate so yes let's take those logical things out of the equation Babies can also symbolize new projects or any kind of fertile idea that's coming to you in your mind or in your sleep. Dreams where you're falling can usually indicate anxiety or a fear of getting to the top or hitting a place where you feel like you're afraid you're not going to be able to continue staying at that height and the falling is almost like that fear that everything's going to crumble underneath you. Dreams of flying, I feel like that's like a common favorite. I don't know if I can speak for everybody but flying dreams are always the best. Flying dreams can usually mean that you've finally overcome your procrastination about something and you're taking the leap or you've made a decision that you've been putting off for a really long time and you're going for it. You're feeling good, feeling confident, you're flying to new heights. Dreams of nudity or being naked in public can just mean that you're feeling extremely vulnerable. Dreaming about death isn't necessarily anything to do with actual death but can signify a deep change or the ending of a chapter in your life as you're entering a new era and I think this is a really cool concept but usually when you're dreaming of other people you're not actually dreaming of those people but you're dreaming of them through the aspects of your own personality so little things that you see in other people in your dreams are parts of your personality taking on the form of that person in your dream like you know how they say that the things that annoy you in other people or annoy you about other people are actually things that you secretly do yourself and then the things that you like or enjoy or sometimes get even envious of with other people are things that you also have within yourself. So when you're dreaming of other people, that's really just the manifestation in your dream of the personality trait that they might have, but that you identify with. Crazy. <laughs> water can be the emotional subconscious, which makes sense, you know. I'm a water sign, so that's why I say that makes sense because we're mighty emotion. And like the state of the water, so for instance, if there's a big wave coming that can cause, you know, some uproar, but if you're looking at a nice, cool, stream in the middle of a pretty forest and that's a more calming flowing type of emotional energy so it's really all about the state of the water that you're dreaming of being chased can mean there's something in your life that you're not facing and you feel like it's kind of like nipping at your heels so something you're procrastinating and having dreams where all your teeth fall out or you maybe look in the mirror and you have pimples all over your face can either mean shame or feeling powerless in your life so how can you use this magic by getting a dream journal and tracking your dreams every little detail or even just minimal details if you just want to start small and notice the common patterns in your dreams notice common emotions you feel from your dreams or emotions you feel after waking up from a dream messages you're getting through your dreams because these are all just 
your subconscious speaking to you and you don't have to use that information, but you can and it can be quite valuable if you start decoding it or translating it properly. Next, we're going to be talking about casting spells and charging up your crystals. So these are newer, I want to say newer magical things I've started doing only because I only really started dipping into these things in like 2018 and beyond. So actually learning what crystals are and learning how to like activate them and using more affirmations, I like to call them rather than spells or like pretty words that I, I pin together that are kind of poetic, that have an intention behind them that I hope kind of manifest something, which is why I think this is like one of those things again, where if you put the label witchy or not on it, it's really all the same thing. It's manifestations, it's affirmations, it's everything in between. Just like mantras, casting spells are saying something intentionally with a sense of purpose and self-assurance that you know you're going to make it happen. In order to cast a spell, you need to know what you need. So sit back and ask yourself, what are you needing from life right now? And then know whether that need is physical, mental, or spiritual. So in order to clear that negative energy around this need, this thing that you're going to cast a spell on, then you need to look at what your energy is around this need right now. I'll use the example of, let's use the need that you need to feel more secure. You want to feel more confident in who you are. Then you would look at that mental slash spiritual need and think about the energy surrounding it. So what energy surrounds that right now that stops you from feeling that way? Now there's many different things that you can do with this information. You can write it down on a piece of paper. Like these are all the reasons why I feel insecure and then you can burn it. You can rip it up and tell yourself like, I release this. You can just say it out loud. You can say, these are the reasons why I feel insecure and get it all out so that you're like releasing that energy. And you can take any note of any patterns or behaviors that surround this need so that you can make sure you use your spell or cast your spell when you catch yourself dancing with one of those behaviors. So for example, let's say when you look in the mirror, you instantly start noticing all the things you don't necessarily love about yourself, then you would catch that behavior and you would say your spell out loud again, or you know, you would stop it in your tracks and shift away from that energy in whatever way you wanted to. Once you know what your need is, once you've released the energy surrounding that need, then it's time to put your faith in something greater. So you can put your faith in yourself, you can put your faith in God, you can put your faith in the universe, you can put your faith in mother nature, you can put your faith in energy, you can put your faith in anything. You can even put your faith in another person or a, you know, superstitious belief, or you can put your faith in a crystal. It's totally up to you and you don't even need to tell anybody because again, it's all about your intention. And then before you cast your spell, which we'll get to in a second, next you want to feel grateful for the outcome as if it's already happened or feel grateful for anything really in your life. Because when you tune into that energy of gratitude, you're tuning into that manifestation power, that energy that's going to attract the things that you're trying to bring forth. And then you let the intention go. So you can do this by, like I said, saying a specific order of words that are a spell that, you know, you say this thing and it just releases the intention and then you let it go and you let it bring itself back to you. You can have one word as your affirmation. You can have one sound. You can choose one of the sounds from the chakras we just spoke of and that could be your spell. I mean, I'm using the word spell, but like I said, you're really just using words in order to affirm what you're doing or what you're needing or what you're bringing into your life. 
life. You can use props when you're casting spells. So I already mentioned crystals, and if you are gonna use crystals, then when you first get them, make sure you cleanse them, otherwise the past energy that has worked on that crystal or touched that crystal is still being held in the energetic web of the crystal, if you believe in that thing. So by clearing it, you can do so in moonlight, you can do so in sunlight, you can do so under running water, specifically if you can put it under natural water, so like a pond or a stream, just don't lose your crystal. But by washing it, you're giving it a new sense. You're basically clearing the energy from it so that you can now input new energy, input a new intention into that crystal, which you can do all the steps we just talked about and then just hold the crystal close to you or you know, look at it while you're chanting your words, whatever you wanna do. Again, nobody's here to judge you. But you can also use other props like lighting candles and you know, like I said, you can write out all of the things that you're wishing to let go of or wishing to bring into your life and then you know, burn the paper, but do it safely, please. Don't burn your house down trying to manifest new energy into your life. You can brew yourself a cleansing bath and picture, you know, the water pulling or taking all the things that you're letting go of with you down the drain. You can use herbs. You can create a go-to ritual space in your house that that's where you go each time you're manifesting, casting spells, doing whatever you want to do. You can keep a journal of all of the spells or all the manifestations you're casting. You can ultimately get as creative with this as you want. But what this really does is, again, it gives you that sense of self-assurance, it's giving you that ritual that allows you to feel like you've created a shift or a change. And when you're dealing with things that are subconscious or mental, it can be really hard to do that. Clearly, it's easy to create a physical shift or change. Like if I just took my hair and cut it off right now, then I would have created a very easy, simple, fast, quick physical shift or change about myself. But when you're trying to shift or change things that are mental or spiritual or subconscious, then you have to get a little bit more creative in a way that allows you to feel things click. So that's why it's going to be unique to you and why it's hard to kind of cover all of the information I could talk about right now because it's just whatever you mesh with. So you can call it spells, you can call it manifestations, you can call it affirmations, you can call it goals, you can call it milestones, you can call it whatever you want, but it's basically just affirming to yourself what your plan or your intention is with your life and your energy and then creating a practice around that that allows you to feel like you're cleansing out the old and attracting in the new. And that's why this works because again, it all boils down to your intention and how much you show up for that practice. I had to take a big sip of my tea right now because I'm gonna say some stuff. Last for today, but definitely not least and definitely not the last of things we could talk about in terms of beginner magic, but we're gonna talk about oracle decks, tarot readings, and astrology. Here's the thing with all of this. There really is no scientific backing or reason that this stuff should work, yet somehow when you read your horoscope or you learn your birth chart or you do a tarot reading or an oracle deck reading and you ask the cards something intentionally, there's usually some sort of takeaway. Sometimes it's kind of more general, like you're like, okay, like I can frame that in a way or that could be adaptable to most people. Other times and a lot of the times, honestly, it is 
creepily specific or creepily accurate. Again, is that just anybody kind of personifying the answer? Maybe, but in my personal opinion, don't attack me. I hear the hate. I really think this is just another way of you communicating with your subconscious or your intuition. Now, the reason why I think this is magic that you can use purposefully in your everyday life is because if you ever go through times in your life where you're feeling a little in the dark or like you need help making a decision or you need a little bit of guidance or you want to understand your feelings surrounding something better, get more clarity of vision on a certain situation in your life, then using things like astrology and tarot readings or oracle deck readings, again, are just a way for you to connect with your subconscious or your intuition and better understand what you're truly thinking, believing, and feeling about something. So if I were to sit here and do a tarot reading and pull a certain card, then the more I analyze that card, the more I'm just analyzing my subconscious feelings to this card and what that could mean about my life. Does that mean that the card is giving me an answer? I mean, personally, in my opinion, no. I think that you give yourself the answers or if you're getting a reading done by somebody, they're using their intuition to give you answers and you're gonna pick and choose information that suits you and that works for you. I feel like it's worth mentioning that you probably shouldn't make huge life decisions based on your astrology sign, birth charts, oracle deck readings, or tarot card readings, but I just feel like this is a very harmless way of better understanding a situation and better understanding your role in that situation and how you see that role. Originally, tarot popped up in about the mid 1400s, but it was actually originally used as a card game. And before that, readings were still being done and psychics were still being sought out and such, but older decks used to be used that were way more simple than the tarot decks we know of and use now and had way less meanings and were a bit more just simple. And it all boils down to your interpretation of the information being provided to you. So I grew up with a friend who was a Pisces, but as much as we were similar, we were also very different. If we read our daily horoscope every day, technically it's giving us the same information, but based on our lives, we might perceive or take that information and adapt it differently based on what's going on. So that's really all it is. I wouldn't say that it's like a sure back psychic science. I think it's honestly just a harmless way for you to take and pick out pieces of wisdom, no different than taking and picking out pieces of wisdom from inspirational quotes or guidance that came from, you know, if you're an INFJ or if you're a ENGTP or whatever the heck those things are. This is all just information being given to you and your interpretation of that information is what's important. Not whether or not that information is coming from a psychic source or from otherworldly beings. I'm not saying they're not, but I'm not saying they are. I'm saying you're the most important person in this whole equation here. If you want me to do a full cosmic-y brew where we sit in depth and talk and really kind of have a coast class on tarot readings and all of the meanings of the different cards and different spreads you can do, let me know because again, happy to do it, but we've been talking a lot about magic today, so I'm gonna narrow it down to just an easy, implementable practice that you can use to use this magic in your everyday life. The first thing you can do is draw a card of the day. So this can be oracle deck cards or tarot cards, or if you're gonna use astrology, this can just be reading a daily horoscope. Like, And just doing that like little piece, that one card a day, that little horoscope of the day, again, just gives you a little piece of information that you can take as you will 
title, or you can honestly leave it behind. There's times I've read that daily horoscope and been like, I don't identify with this at all, and I didn't think about it again for the rest of the day. If you want to get a little bit more in depth and you have an oracle deck or you have a tarot deck, you can ask specific questions and do, I mean, I was doing three card spreads for like the first year I ever had tarot cards. So you can do it as past, present, future. You can do it as me, the other person, the outcome, the beginning, the journey, the outcome. You can do it in so many different ways, just using three cards, or you can even ask a different question, which with each card. You can ask about the state of your mind, the state of your body, the state of your soul. And then of course you can stem deeper and further by doing multiple card readings. There's no wrong way to do this because it's again all about your interpretation. And I believe it was the gem goddess here on YouTube that I watched one of her videos once about reading tarot cards and I loved her idea or explanation that when you're doing multiple cards or even three cards, to look at it like a story. Scene one, scene two, scene three. What's happening in those pictures? What's happening in that information. How would you string this information along into a story that fits the question you're asking? Look at the suit of the card, look at the photo, look at what's going on and what your question was and then piece together what the information is telling you or the story that's happening there. And with astrology, you can obviously learn your birth chart or just, you know, read your daily horoscope, but I did a full coffee talk on how to actually decode your own birth chart. So if you guys want to listen to that next, feel free to head that way. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll pop up a little card. If not, I'll leave a link in the description if you're listening because there are many different websites and apps you can go to that'll read you or tell you about your birth chart. But if you understand the information, then again, you can create your own interpretation rather than somebody else's interpretation on who you are or what your birth chart alignments mean. There's no scientific proof that your birth chart is even accurate. So this is again why I think it's really important to learn the information and translate it for yourself because you're going to get the most out of it that way. You're going to be able to again understand what your subconscious is seeing, believing, etc., and work with it from there. Which brings me back to chakras because in everything we've talked about today, it is so important to have a balanced third eye chakra when we're sitting here talking about things like magic and things that are spiritual or otherworldly because if you don't have a clear sense of mind, again, it can cause that sense of paranoia, of fear, of illusions or things that aren't necessarily real or believing in things that are very ungrounded. So it's important to have a very balanced perspective on these things and keep your feet on the ground, but don't be afraid to play around with these things, to believe in things that you can't always see or hear. and to just believe in what you're feeling and believe in your intention, which feels like the thread throughout in everything we've talked about today, which is it's all about your intention. So if you wanna create magic in your life, zone in on your intentions and everything else is just practice. So there you guys have it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Cosmic Brew. It was really fun to just write down a couple things that I've been into for a while now. And if you guys want more beginner's magic in your everyday life, let me know. I feel like I've said that already four times today. So many spinoff chats we're already having, but I love talking about this stuff. I love researching this stuff. I love practicing this stuff and I love sharing it with you guys. So let me know in the comment section or over on the Discord chat if you guys have any magical practices that you wish to share or that have really worked for you or any cool stories you want to, you know, tell the group. And outside of that, I'll talk to all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk. Bye guys.